Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. So on this day in history, we have a two-pronged attack. Uh, today in 1809, Edgar Allan Poe was born. And also in 1946, our Lord and Savior Dolly Parton was also born. fuck history where we discuss the wackiest and weirdest things that make us say well what the fuck history i am your marco this is the part where you say polo zachary hi i'm megan i don't believe in the american dream did you just say you don't believe in the american dream no it's false i'm much like scott fitzgerald yes and hi i'm matt uh kevin is the greatest kevin kevin did you fucking write this did you honestly think that I wouldn't notice? Jeremiah's a much better intern. But this is what it would sound like when we actually get interns. <laughs> so we're practicing. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I live in Boston. There's a lot of haunted apartments. What if I just moved to a haunted apartment? And got like, and a, like, ghost like a ghost intern. intern. I'll get a ghost intern. It would save so much. Dude, if you're still having a hustle that hard after death, the American dream really isn't real. Hey. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. What if, what if, like, you're hustling because you're stuck in purgatory and your unfinished business is literal unfinished Working business? Nine to five only... so that I can fucking die. <laughs> That was the that was the first draft of the song, and they were like, Dolly, that's pretty dark. And she's like, fine, I guess I'll change Dolly, it. Dolly, that's fucking dark. And she's like, all right, hon, we'll fix it up. <laughs> we'll fix it. Let me get another wig. This this calls for another version of me. Oh, I love it. All right. Um, a game of rocks, paper, scissors was played. Uh, however, I said, fuck the rules and used my Uno reverse card. So, yeah. Yeah, Zach was, Zach was going to go last, and he was like, you know what? I want to go first this time. I stumbled out of bed and wanted to go first. Stumbled out of I, bed? Yep, yep. I don't know enough of the lyrics to, to do that justice. I know all the lyrics. I'm just afraid of getting copyright infringement. Uh, I was immediately thinking... From our thinking, Lord and Savior, Dolly Parton, really? Do no. you think that she'd strike down with the hammer of justice? No, she definitely wouldn't. She would start a charity fundraiser in your name. You're right. Because she's Maybe so I kind. Maybe I should just sing the whole song then. Imagine if we got recognized by Dolly Parton. It would make my life. It would make my life. Dude, I think my dad would lose his mind. He'd be like, oh my god. Like, he looks up to her so much. As everyone should. Who doesn't look up to Dolly Parton is the real question. I mean, that's We're getting sidetracked with our our Lord and Savior Dolly. We'll come back to her later. We will. We can't promise the viewers anything, but we love Dolly Parton, so we might go back there. A little bit of a, a different note than Dolly Parton. You both know I live in Boston. Part-time sometimes. Boston is a wonderful city, but Boston has a problem like every other city. Rampant cocaine abuse? Sanitation. I think Megan's a little bit closer, but I'm kind of afraid of what rampant cocaine would use would do to this, which is pigeons. Pigeons are fucking everywhere. Oh, that's true. They are the rats rats of of the the sky, sky. and now I'm really afraid to see what it would be like to have a pigeon on cocaine. Cocaine pigeons, go! That sounds like the worst Pokemon that exists. So yes, uh, pigeons are everywhere in Boston. However, pigeons, being the rats of the sky, actually served a purpose uh, a while back. Specifically in the World War IIs. Uh, Pigeons were important. Pigeons were actually carried in... It was commonplace for the Royal Air Force uh, to have pigeons on their bombers. Because there was no such thing as GPS. So if a plane went down... You threw a pigeon into the air and prayed for the best. <coughs> is that, I mean, that kind of sounds like Noah's Ark, which is why they had a dove with them. Someday, maybe we'll see land again, and this dove will be... The Herald. Our, our call to land. Well, is that what they were doing? Like, so what, the plane was bombed, 
and then they they were like, I'm gonna throw this pigeon in the air, and and what? What was what was the hope here? So there's actually a, a, a funny story about a very specific pigeon called Winky. Oh gosh! And Winky the pigeon, she was a pigeon. That's an unfortunate name. <laughs> uh, I'm wondering where Blinky and crap. I can't remember the other ghost from Pac-Man. Winky, Blinky, and I think his Blink- name was Bird. Nod. I think is Nod. I don't know. Maybe okay, it's... now I need to look this up. Thank you for fucking doing this to me, right. Zach. You know how my brain works. I know. I, I, honestly, I couldn't look it up because I'm reading, you know, my notes here. So look it up for me. Thanks. You're now Kevin. Gotcha. <laughs> You're um, now Captain. No, no, I said Kevin. now Kevin. He called me Kevin. Call, call you Kevin. Oh. Hi, Kevin. Blinky, Pinky, Inky, and Clyde. Oh, okay. I was way off. <laughs> <laughs> anyway... Um, so, you know, this, this carrier pigeon, Winky, is on a Royal Air Force bomber, which is coming back from a run, and they unfortunately got caught in crossfire on their way back. Now, the bomber goes down into the middle of the North Sea and is like, well, fuck, what do we do? <laughs> <laughs> I, picture, I picture that moment where a guy's just like, well, uh... Fuck! <laughs> Didn't think we'd survive that, but now that we're here, kind of wish we didn't. Yeah, so they're they're sitting there and like inside the freezing cold water of the North Sea and clinging onto the debris of their ship, not the not their ship, the the debris of their uh, their fighter plane, and, and the Debra, the Debra, the Derbis, and they're like, <laughs> all right, what do we do? All right, let's send Winky to like hopefully get us out of this mess. And so they... Or you swim deeper down and you Captain America yourself. Oh, that's... Mm. I think the proper answer would have been Captain America yourself. If ever in the situation, Captain America yourself. But I'm also haven't been exposed to super soldier serum, so I'm not sure I'd survive that. There's only one way to find out. Yeah. That's, that's fair enough. Anyway, so they, they huck Winky up into the air and Winky flies. And they're like just honestly praying that Winky makes it back to uh, Brody Ferry which is where the Air Force base is, and Winky does. Winky, this determined rat with wings, flies fucking 120 miles in one sitting. Jesus. A god among pigeons. (laughs) He's a god among pigeons. (laughs) Do you think he was flexing, like, to the lady pigeons? Fucking weird flex, but okay. I don't mean to brag, but I just flew 120 miles, babe. (laughs) Baby, you see these wings? Uh, Yeah, they decided... (laughs) Yeah, all the pigeons have them, Winky. (laughs) The Royal Air Force, instead of, you know, actually giving the super soldier serum to someone, they gave it to the fucking pigeon, apparently. (laughs) They gave it to fucking Winky the pigeon. (laughs) Captain Pigeon. All right. Uh, Yeah, so Winky ends up flying this 120 miles back to Brody Ferry, and the problem is... By the time he got there, everyone had died because (laughs) it must have taken a significant amount of time for a pigeon to make that flight. Oh, no. Oh, no. The problem is, it's cold out, and it's wet out in the North Sea. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Guess what they didn't attach to the leg of Winky? A piece of paper? A, a message? Note. The latitude and longitude? Yup. Yup. So... A space heater? A space heater, yes. A space heater! <laughs> <laughs> so, they, there's no note attached to Winky, and it's like, alright, cool, we got this bird. However, somehow, some fucking how, the guys at the Royal Air Force Base are like, oh, this is definitely one of our pigeons... Let's call up Sherlock Holmes because we're going to calculate where this pigeon came from by using the difference between the planes ditching, the arrival of the bird, and the wind direction, and the oil that is on Winky's feather due to her flight speed. As you can see by the candle stick in the kitchen and the smear of lipstick on the table, it was her. She committed the murder. Pretty much. Again, like, this is the Royal Air Force, so I guess they have Sherlock Holmes on speed dial. Cool fucking What is the airspeed velocity of an unladen swallow? (laughs) African or European? (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm glad somebody got that reference. Of course I did. If it hadn't been you, Zach, it would have been one of our listeners. All I was thinking about is how bad at math I am. (laughs) Even, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We've detailed we've detailed this in several different instances. It also makes it difficult when it comes to playing D and D with Megan. 
<laughs> just, we come just... back to her in about an hour, and she's like, wait, 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 I'm almost done. Yeah, let me, let me just, I'm still calculating. I'm calculating my damage. I'm that lady in the math meme. So, explain to me who Sherlock Holmes is, because it's not the real Sherlock Holmes, is there... It doesn't actually give a specific person. Well, it was what like... the fuck? They said that the, the basically the people at the base all pitched in on this oh. giant math equation. And we're like, all right, how do we do this? So they end up calculating all this stuff. And they launch a rescue mission. And they end up saving the four guys that go down in the bomber. All four of them, really? Yeah, all four of them, totally fine. They're rescued. Cool beans. How? How did they not die of hypothermia? I have no idea. Did they get injected with the super serum? They must have. They must have. I, I mean, I've never been in the North Sea, so I don't know how cold it is, but I'm assuming it's not balmy. It's not, you know, Let's see. West Palm Beach. How it's it's probably decently cold. <clears throat> you said it flew 120 how long? miles. Yeah, so I just looked up on Google, praise be to praise Google, be. Uh, about how long that uh-huh. would take. And it says that it would take a pigeon. About 40 minutes to fly 100 yes. miles. What? So we're looking at, like, close to an hour of these dudes chilling mm-hmm. in the ocean as Winky left. Do you imagine that, like, as they're hanging out in the ocean, one of them, as soon as they let Winky go, or, like, five minutes after, goes, Hey, is this the note that we were supposed <laughs> to attach to Winky's leg? I mean, I'm imagining these four British dudes being like, Well, there goes Blinky. God damn it, Charles. We trusted you. Well, did anyone attach the note? Bollocks. Um, like, and then consistently being like, um, you got a pack of cards? Might as well swim to the bottom of the ocean and Captain Might America ourselves. Might as well just chill for a bit, no pun intended. Anyone got well, a pack actually, of cards we can I play over the, the wind? I think the pun was actually 100% So intended. I did look up the maximum average temperature of the North Sea. Uh-huh. And uh, it, it is yeah. 17 degrees Celsius, which is 63 degrees Fahrenheit. Oh, okay. Yeah, but that's the maximum. But what, what time of year was this, did you say? Uh, I didn't. I didn't say what time oh, okay. of the year was. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Can you uh, provide? Can you provide that information for me if you if you have it? If not, uh... I can provide that information for you with a couple of quick um... little tippy taps. taps. Of... Um, Dear listeners, I just want to let you know that this is our official petition for research <laughs> yeah. interns, so that we don't have to bother any of you with the unnecessary tippy taps. Uh, we can just set Kevin to do it. Also, you need to be willing to change your name to Kevin when you get here, because we will call you nothing but... You can be Kevin in the office, but you... Let me rephrase that. You can be anything you want out of the office. When you're in the office, you are Kevin. Um, However, Kevin. uh, it was on February 23rd in 1942. Okay, so it's probably closer to around 6 degrees Celsius or 43 degrees uh, Fahrenheit. Still pretty fucking cold. It's also important to know, Megan, that the world has been heating up significantly since well, then. This so. is this is now. These are the oh, average okay. temperatures now. So oh. maybe colder. Yeah, but that's what I'm yeah. saying. Okay. Like ages ago, it was probably ages much ago, way way back in the 40s. I mean, you say yeah. that, but that's back. almost that's 80 years ago. Way back in the 40s. Anyway, the bird gets. The message across to wherever it needs to go, they rescue the people, and the bird now becomes famous. Please tell me there's a statue there's of this bird There's not a statue somewhere. of this bird somewhere. However, a year it. after this happens, the bird gets... The same ship goes down, and the same bird gets thrown without a message. <laughs> no, the plane doesn't go down again. Um, however, Winky becomes the first animal to receive receives wow receive the dickin medal which is for delivering a message under exceptional difficulties oh i thought it was just like for all the pigeon no. <laughs> he got he got a well, medal for dickin was a sh- it was a she oh okay oh, well that but no. well okay we're living in 2020 zach let's not be too hasty she still could have plowed pigeon puss. i'm requesting that you use the proper pronouns <laughs> <laughs> okay, been... that's fair well we can't speak on behalf of winky either we don't know what their pronouns i know they're a fucking true. pigeon um 
However, Winky ends up getting the Dickin Medal, the first animal to ever receive it. However, I don't understand this because there was no actual message attached. It was just like, I'm a fly home. That cool. <laughs> I'm going to go home. I'm going to go Bye. home now. Dude, can you imagine if I just returned home one day and people lauded me as a hero? I'd be like, thank you. <laughs> the big metal bird that I was in crashed, so I'm going to do and my bird was, job claps. and just fly home. <laughs> everyone applauds. Yes, yes, you get a medal for being a bird. Fucking rats. You did it. Anyway. <laughs> I'm so happy. You did it. You, you. went home. You decided to fucking call it quits on the four people who were dying and went home, and <laughs> thankfully that worked out. <laughs> hey, they threw me in the air and said fly. <laughs> <laughs> um, fine, fool. Um, I think this kind of proves, though, that fine, even in fool. 1942, we're a sucker for cute animal stories. That's true. However, even if the cute animal is a rat with wings. Yes. Pigeons are um, cute, dude. Pigeons are tolerable at best, and the fact that you called them cute brings your entire character into question. <laughs> I, I don't Megan, know, we've man. been friends for a great many years, and today I feel like I know you less than I've ever known you in my life. Because I'm I'm coming to stand with pigeons. You know what? Actually, there was that one pigeon that crashed into a window at our school, and we took care of for a little bit. Oh, that's really cute, though. Don't don't you remember that, Megan? Were you with me that day? No. What? This was in college? This <laughs> was in college, dude. Oh, my yeah. God. Oh, well, did it live? Your friend, uh, what was her name? Annie, who was like a taxidermist. Oh, Annie like, took care of it? That's really took nice. Took care of it and brought it to like a sanctuary, an injured bird sanctuary or oh, something. Oh, damn, oh. dude. Annie coming in clutch. Go Annie. Damn. Anyways, sorry, Zach. Did you have more stuff to talk about, or did we go on a tangent? We went on a tangent, but I mean, I was just going to wrap up with saying that actually now that after Winky became the first, more than 60 animals have received the Dickon Medal, uh, including 18 dogs, three horses, and one cat. Wow, first dogs are really first doing the Lord's Dickin. work. Just being the goodest delivering. boys. Yeah, the goodest boys. So, uh... Is this just like a British award? Yes. Okay. Given our previous experience with cats in military operations, <laughs> I'm not sure. That's true. I'm not sure how they managed to get a cat trained well enough to deliver a message in... What did you say the Dickin Medal is for? For like unusual or extraneous circumstances or something? Delivering a yeah, message like... under exceptional difficulties. Yeah, like, ha yeah, okay, a cat couldn't be in the CIA, but when it comes to delivering a message, it's somehow like the James Bond of cats. Hey, you know, that's the difference. It's a British cat, not an American cat. Yeah, Oh, that's yeah, because I'm supposed to believe that a British cat would be any more professional. <laughs> <laughs> An American cat's like, fuck you, I do what I want. I mean, I'm going to get hit by this car. A British cat's like, pip, pip, get me some tea and I'll deliver this message post day. You just described the different dichotomy between a person from the United States and a person from Britain, but whatever. Yeah, <laughs> I mean... exactly. Dude. But they're cats. Yeah, but like, it would be especially great if one of the cats that won the medal was like actually a tuxedo cat. There was only <laughs> one cat that won the medal. Only one, Wasn't there? Only one cat won the medal. Yeah, and yeah. in my mind. So he had to be a tuxedo cat. Yeah, that cat is a tuxedo cat. He's the cat James Bond. He's the cat James Bond. <laughs> well, that was an interesting story, Zach, and I'm sorry that we fucked it all up with our jokes and our That's goofs. okay. That's kind of the point. <laughs> that is kind of the point. That is Mission the point. accomplished. Mission accomplished. I hope that the listeners actually learned something from that. First of all, that we have a mutual disdain for pigeons. And secondly, that somehow it saved the day. Um, I think that, you know... I deserve a medal for delivering a message under exceptional difficulties with how much I was interrupted, but that's okay. That's I mean, true. that's kind of the point. I know. I'm 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 leaning into the bit and it didn't work. <laughs> hey Zach, I'll give you a dick and medal. Okay. Ooh. Ooh. Anyways, um so I guess we now roll into our second story of the evening, which I believe is me and it has That is you. Yeah, this is definitely a non-sequitur uh, story, considering it has really nothing to do with now, England Megan, or birds. 
Yeah. Our, uh, Please go on. Our esteemed listeners might know what the term non sequitur means, uh, but for those of them that don't, could you just could you just uh, define that? Every every time you ask me to define words, I think I then don't have the right definition. So. <laughs> Um, non sequitur, a conclusion or statement that does not logically follow from the previous argument or statement. Oh, okay. So like it doesn't fit with World War II birds? Yeah, definitely. Okay. That's, that's just, um, hey, I, I would also like to point out that the people in the audience that I was talking about was me. I didn't know what a non sequitur was. I mean, Megan, you can always do what I do, which is transitions are weird anyway. I just throw out, also, I yeah. just throw out like a word and then you know, someone says, Hey, can you define that for me? And I'm like, dictionary.com, do I have it right? <laughs> Download the dictionary. This app. is why we need a Kevin. <laughs> this is true. But like I said, this is completely a non sequitur, but I think you guys will enjoy it. Um so I mentioned in the introduction how I don't believe in the American dream. Uh, much like Scott Fitzgerald, but if I was going to believe in it, this guy, Timothy Dexter, makes me believe that you can maybe stumble into it Okay, this through pure stupidity. This name sounds like vaguely oh, familiar, and I'm really excited. Yeah, so this dude was like born in the in the late 1700s, and he made the American dream work for him. He was less of a man, more of a legend. He's a hometown boy, born in Malden, in the province of Massachusetts Bay. So you know, represent, represent. <laughs> uh, he so he wasn't very educated. He dropped out of school at the ripe age of eight to become a farmer. I need a himbo. Yeah. Uh, so when he was 22, he moved to Newburyport and he married a rich widow, which I think we all aspire to do, I think. Yeah, I mean, yeah. No, for sure. Yeah. I could use I could use a sugar mama hardcore. Dude, right? And then, like, do what he did and buy a mansion? Like, Damn. why not? Oh, is that what he did? Yeah, he was like, I'm gonna marry this rich widow who's 32 years old. I'm 22. Want to buy a mansion, baby? And she was like, I guess. I don't know. Uh, so now a lot of ho- people in high society looked down on him because they considered him to be pretty unintelligent and his business practices didn't really lend themselves to proving them wrong because at the end of the Revolutionary War, he bought like a lot of depreciated continental currency. This stuff was worthless. But then when the war ended, the U.S. government made good on all of that currency. And then Massachusetts also made good at that currency. So he ended up making a massive profit. So, you know, good for him. Please continue. No, because I know I know who you're talking about now. And this oh, whole good. thing is beautiful. He's nuts. So you know exactly. He's yeah, nuts. you know how nuts he is. So he ends up using all of this money to be in an export business. And this is sort of where Zach is coming in saying that he's nuts because <laughs> everyone started giving him bad business advice. Like they wanted to trick him into squandering all of this, like lucked into wealth. So first, he was advised to send bed warmers to the tropical West Indies where, you know, it's fucking hot. But his ship's captain sold them for a profit to the molasses industry. Then he sold mittens to, again, the tropical West Indies, but they were scooped up by Asian merchants to sell in Siberia. Then people were like, oh, you should definitely sell coal to Newcastle, which is a British idiom saying, like, this is a pointless action. But he actually shipped coal to Newcastle, which was a big coal mining town, and he made a profit because it was during a miners' strike. <laughs> <laughs> this guy had such a horseshoe up. Can his you ass. imagine the luck that you have to have, oh, dude? That's what I, like. I was reading this, and I was like, "Oh my god, are you?" joking like he sold bibles to the east indies right on time when missionaries needed them he sold stray cats to the caribbean when they were having a rat infestation he accidentally started hoarding whale bones i don't know why i also hoard whale bones yeah i mean me too in my spare time when i have disposable cash in my in my small condominium Skeletons. I, ha- I have just a horde of whale bones in my basement. Yeah, don't open his closets. <laughs> but <laughs> do you know how long it took me to get those in there? Uh, I can imagine it was like 
Oh, have you seen a whale's skull? Talk about skeletons in your closet. Like, it's... I have half a rib from a blue whale. (laughs) I have have only one half of a rib. (laughs) Just one half of a part of a skeleton of a whale. (laughs) Oh, my God. But he used those, and he sold them for corsets. And with all of this money, he bought a mansion in Newburyport. And again, high society hated him, which caused big problems with his family. Mm -hmm. To the point where he started telling people that the lady who kept coming to his house, which was his wife, was the ghost of his wife. (laughs) (laughs) They were like, hey, who's that lady? Ghost interns, ghost wife, you know. It's the same thing, dude. That's just my ghost wife. Don't Oh, that? That's my dead wife. (laughs) That's my... That's not a ghost. That's my wife. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, what a classic joke. (laughs) (laughs) The reaction is better, but thanks. (laughs) (laughs) There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. And then um, he faked his own death just to see who would come to the wake. Why? (laughs) (laughs) I lucked into an incredible fortune. I have a a very nice looking ghost wife. And now I'm going to pretend to be dead for a bit. (laughs) Like sometimes you want to know if people don't like you for your wealth or don't like you because you're dead. (laughs) And, you know, so you pretend to be dead. But 3,000 people came to his wake. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, Was it an open casket? (laughs) Can you imagine? (laughs) (laughs) Could you imagine if he's like, well, I died. And then he had an open (laughs) casket and there's no body there. And everyone's like, what the fuck is this? See, no, I'm more imagining the, the casket's open and he's sitting in it. And someone comes up and he's like opening an eye every now and then to see who's actually there. Like, hey, is anyone there? What's up? Yeah, he's got like someone a Someone reaches down to like kiss his cheek and he just kisses back and they're like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> and then there's a new funeral that you have to hold the next day because that person died of a heart attack. Oh, Gran had a heart attack kissing him on the cheek. She did. <laughs> we told her not to go to the wedding. She didn't even like the bloke. um but he he did uh cane his wife after this because she didn't cry at at the wedding he said he wasn't she wasn't sad enough his wife he caned her took a cane hit her he beat her beat her because she didn't cry at the wedding he beat his wife okay oh yeah at the funeral if i'm this woman i'm not crying at the funeral either you spent x number of years telling people i was a fucking ghost (laughs) i walk into a room i'm like hey what do you want for dinner tonight and he's like oh spooky my ghost wife is here And she's like, I'm really kind of over this now. And he's like, ooh, I might upset my ghost wife. I wouldn't cry either. Yeah. Or like, he's I mean, out in public Good with fake her, riddance. And he's like, don't, no, sh- don't pay attention to that. That's just my ghost wife. And she's like, I'm alive. Like. I can almost hear her. I can't <laughs> hold your hand. It'll just fall right through. You're incorporeal. <laughs> 
hearing Gaforiel, she's like, stop lying, Timothy. I feel like, I feel like in that moment, she's like, incorporeal this and just stabs him <laughs> in the fucking heart. Yeah, she's like, you wanted a funeral? I'm going to make that a reality. <laughs> imagine, imagine any one of those people that had ever been to his house at, like, if they witness him caning his wife and they're like, that's odd, considering <laughs> she's she, a ghost. She's a ghost. It's a it's a it's a special ghost cane. Yeah, this is the only cane in the world that can hit ghosts. Spank a ghost. <laughs> can spank a ghost. But the last thing about uh, Sir Sir Doctor Timothy is uh, at the end of his life, he wrote a book called A Pickle for the Knowing Ones, where he just blasted politicians, the clergy, and his wife. (laughs) Uh, Why is his wife, like, the target of such (laughs) cruelty? I don't know. She was a widow. I think it should be also re-mentioned that the fact that he dropped out of school at eight, so I'm 99% sure this book was pretty much absolutely oh. unable unreadable. oh he had he had no wisdom to give dude it was garbage it had no punctuation and random capitalization <laughs> and when, <laughs> and when oh people... so it was like the spongebob meme yeah <laughs> i'm gonna write like, a book i'm gonna write a book and then he did it had like eight thousand words in it right and people were like yo this we you need to have one period in here somewhere. So then in the so second edition... So he put it edition, at the very end. Yeah, no, he added one extra page at the very end with 11 <sighs> lines of punctuation. Yeah, saying, insert it wherever you need it. <laughs> I fucking love this man, but I hate him too. It's almost as if someone took that book looked at the back page and was just like, okay, I'll put this period here. And then they go back to those pages and just cross off the periods that they've used. What if, you, what if it isn't enough? What if, I doubt uh, it is. More importantly, what if it was meant to be that kind of interactive book? Oh my god. I mean, did he did he create your the first make your own adventure? Make your own adventure. <laughs> Depending on how you punctuate the story, it has different meanings. Wow. Yeah, he doesn't even know what punctuation is though, so like I don't think yeah. that'll be the truth. I don't know what, you know, primary school was like in the seventeen hundreds, but I don't know, man. I don't think they covered a lot. I I mean, they definitely didn't cover how to treat your wife appropriately. Oh, no, absolutely not. This guy here married a woman who had already lost a husband and proceeded to be (laughs) the very worst husband he could be. I don't know. Maybe he was great. Maybe he was great before the ghost thing. (laughs) (laughs) He was great before he tried to turn her. you You know what just made this better in my head, though, is like, what if she was in on it? Like, what if, like, one night over pillow talk, they're just there, and he's like, what if I told all our closest friends that you were a ghost? And she's like, I'm really into that. <laughs> also, I'm not gonna cry at your funeral. <laughs> uh, she can't cry, she's a ghost! <laughs> she's a ghost! <laughs> God Do you damn. think she just started, like, wearing white after that and, like, heavily powdering her face to really lean into it? What if she just, like, ominously stood in the mansion's windows when people were driving up and then was never seen? Yeah, and they're oh, like, Timothy! Would you like Timothy. a tour of the house? Oh, no, thank you. I saw a creepy old woman. Yeah, and, like, she's standing in the in the window, and then, like, the people drive off really scared, and he turns around and gives her a thumbs up in the window. She's like, yeah, yeah, from the driveway. <laughs> I need you to be the scariest ghost witch you can possibly be. And she's like, no problem. Been training my whole life for this. But uh, that's that's my story of, of Sir Timothy. I actually have one thing I want to add to it. Yeah, go, oh, yeah. you said that you had heard of this. So go so, ahead. Timothy Dexter's estate is fucking nuts. Oh, yeah. There's actually an excerpt from a 19th century historian that Dexter hired. He, well, so he hired, like, the most intellectual and tasteful artist, artist in Europe to, like, carve 40 giant wooden statues on his property. Statues of what? 
Of people. Of people. This is actually a, a, a excerpt from this historian that says, The tasteless owner, in his rage for notoriety, created rows of columns 15 feet at, high at least, on which a, to place colossal statues carved in wood. Directly in front of the door of the house, on a Roman arch of great beauty and taste, stood General Washington in his military garb. On his left was Jefferson, on his right Adams. On the columns in the garden, there were figures of Indian chiefs, military generals, philosophers, politicians, statesmen, and the goddess of fame and liberty. Not only that, but Dexter then erected a final statue of himself. <laughs> beneath it. Of course he did. Beneath it re read the inscription, I am the first in the East, the first in the West, and the greatest philosopher in the Western world. I don't... Guy, you got lucky with a couple stonks, like, relax. (laughs) Yeah, you played the stonk market really well, I think. (laughs) It's just, like, the actual... Stonks. Fuck. And then at one time, I think, I can't remember, there was one, there was also, I believe, a story of, like, the guy who was carving one of these statues was, like, you spelt this word wrong, and Dexter just, like, fucking goes into his house, pulls out a goddamn blunderbuss, and is, like... No, I didn't do it as I fucking said. <laughs> no, no I didn't. I didn't learn how to spell. I only went to 1700 school up to the age of eight. I know how to spell. I have enough money I that I don't need to learn words. Fuck you. <laughs> I have enough money. Have you heard uh, of all those stray cats in the Caribbean? That was my idea. <laughs> <laughs> now the Caribbean has a problem with cats. And you know what? Maybe I'll just sell them some dogs. I'm going to yeah. sell him some dogs. And then it becomes the little old lady who swallowed a fly. Except in the opposite direction. Except yeah, dude. in the direction of Timothy Dexter making that money. Yeah, dude. Yeah. All all money cash flows. Does it say how much Timothy money Dexter? he like ended up with at the end of his life? Or no, it didn't. I, uh, unless Zach knows, but I couldn't find how much money he ended up with. Yeah, I mean, I can't remember what his total like like net worth I'm was be, after. Let's see. Let. But I mean, Kevin. 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 <laughs> I mean, let's let's even see if it comes up. So I just typed in like the net worth of of Timothy Dexter. Yeah. And, I mean, it says that by the end of the American Revolution, he had like thousands of dollars but yeah i'm not i'm not yeah, really seeing know. what that's equating to in you know today months yeah i have no but idea. anyway Damn shame yeah either way oh he you know he also nuts. called himself a lord despite yes. not being a lord <sighs> which is really funny this guy's great and i love yeah, him i like him too I don't necessarily enjoy the wife beating or the no. thinking that the wife is, you know, a ghost, but <laughs> yeah, everything like, else about him is just like he had a god of luck on his side and he just rolled with it. Yeah. I I, I think it, it sounds a lot like um, that, that feat in D&D where like every time he rolled on something, <laughs> he probably rolled like a nat one or something and he's like... I used you just lucky. rolled a rolled a luck. <laughs> just kidding. Yeah, it's an at twenty. Just a luck check. I'm gonna uh. I'm gonna roll lucky. Uh, and <laughs> God, like the God of Wealth, was just like, no, you right. You right. No, you right for sure. There you go. There um, you go. I'm gonna actually, yeah, it's I, I, it's wild, and this whole story is absolutely wild, and I, I don't know if I could find a copy of that book, but you know, I would try. It's try. only he 24 pages long, so... Oh, it's a quick, easy read. <laughs> it's a quick read. It's less of a book Yeah, especially if a... you read it all in one breath as the, <laughs> as the artist intended. <gasps> Get right. ready to rumble. But now we, we turn our program over to you, Matt. And now for something completely different. Now for something completely different. So, we're going back to World War II. Whoopee. I feel like we're the History Channel now because of how often we talk about World War II, but like, here, we, here we are. I mean, World War II did have um, some great stories in it. Yeah. Uh, the question that I have for you guys is, 
Have you guys ever heard of Diogenes? <laughs> I'm, j- I'm just kidding. God. I'm just kidding. Um, have you guys ever heard of the 588th Night Bomber Regiment? No. Like Timothy Dexter, Jack? it sounds vaguely familiar. So go, and I might have an aha moment Yeah, again. like maybe okay. there'll be a light bulb. Okay, here we go. So the 588th Night Bomber Regiment was a group of lady Soviet pilots um, that were in use from around, like, uh, 1942 to 1945 during the Second World War. Ding, ding, ding. These women, traditionally in Soviet uh, times, Soviet, Soviet spaces in those times, rather... Uh, women weren't traditionally allowed in combat roles, but there was a major named Marina Raskova who used her position, and apparently she had personal contacts with Sir Joseph Stalin himself. <laughs> Sir Joseph Stalin. She, she's rubbing elbows with some pretty powerful people. Uh, but she used her contacts with good old Jojo Stalin, and... She was like, hey, it would be real cool if we could form some female combat units. And Joseph Stalin was like, I'm busy waxing my mustache, but sure, do whatever. Anyways, she has this conversation with Stalin. And then pretty soon after, in 1941, a command is sent out to start making these Air Force units. The the interesting thing about uh, the 588th is that they flew uh, really shitty planes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> more more specifically, they they flew biplanes. And the, the model of biplane that they flew was the Polycarpov PO-2. These machines were loud as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so, obviously you're not trying to do bombing runs in a loud-as-fuck plane because your enemy will be aware of your coming, uh, just like everyone's aware of, you know, a really loud lover. They're, they're <laughs> like, what's that, what's that sound? Yeah, um, what's that sound in the distance? Those are just the stealth bombers yeah, coming. Yeah, <laughs> those are the stealth bombers. <laughs> um, so... The way that they counteracted the fact that their planes were loud as shit. I'll give you guys some guesses. Do you want to guess how they how they fixed this? I, I know I know the answer. I'm not going to tell. Okay. Megan, do you know the answer? Has the light bulb... No, it hasn't gone on for me because I don't actually think I know this story. My light bulb went on and it's glorious. So... Zach with the gold star for knowing things tonight. (laughs) The way that they counteracted their engines and propellers being too loud is they would cut their engines off. And they would glide their way to their targets and then they would release their bombs. And the Germans said that the sound of their planes in the night, if they could even hear the planes at all, sounded like brooms flying through the air. And so this group of Russian bomber women was called the Night Witches. Okay, no, now I I know it. <laughs> yup. It's the Night Witch part. These women were, like, it was a group of 80 women at the height of their performance, right? So, like, when they were at their maximum capacity, it was 40 groups of two women. So it was about 80 women total. And they would just shut their engines off as they're flying over or as they're getting close to their targets. They would drop bombs, they would drop incendiaries... And then they would cut their engine back on and fly away. So imagine, like, oh, what are those little black dots in the sky? Oh, shit. Uh, It's probably nothing. Oh, God. And then you just hear... (laughs) And you're like, oh, we're going to get firebombed. That's great. stealth bombers. (laughs) But, like, all of the people in this this regimen were, like, in their 20s, mostly. 
like 20s and early teens uh-huh. and they were legit badasses because like i said these planes were often unreliable and so even if these girls didn't cut the power to their engines sometimes their propellers just stopped working and when your propeller stops working mid-flight what do you do but get out onto your wing and start manually moving your propeller until it starts moving again? Do you want to know why they had to do that? Because, no. Tell me why. Because, and this makes them even more badass, they didn't carry parachutes until 1944. Oh yeah, that's right. (laughs) (laughs) I did have that in my notes, but it was further down. Also, I guess, like, from what I remember... They weren't well welcomed into the no. the military, but they were given all the hand-me-down things. The Russians weren't really, women weren't, like, really accepted. And this woman just walked up to Joseph Stalin and was like, hey, but what if? Yay, but like... And he just went, okay, cool. Sounds good. Yeah, so they weren't really well received, but over the course of their history... Of flights, they ran 23,000 different missions. They dropped over 3,000 tons of bombs and 26,000 incendiary shells. And yeah, they did it all with the shittiest planes they could find. Yeah, and no parachutes. Men's shoes. Oversized men's shoes. Well, like, yeah, like, here's our shitty second hands like please go bomb people i mean it's crazy they they did a lot with a little <laughs> they did a yeah. lot with fucking nothing nothing, nothing yeah at all. i will i will like never understand like the the good old boys club of the military like if you have someone who is willing to, like, be fodder for the war machine, and then you have other people who are like, yeah, but, like, mm, do you actually belong here? It's like, could you s- shut up and sit down? Like, we're in the same boat here, comrade. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that is applicable. We are talking about the Soviet Union right there. It was, it was really, it's kind of interesting, too, because... The maximum speed of these planes that they were flying was actually lower than the speed that it took for other planes to stall. So, like, these other planes would be going much faster than these old planes that they were driving because by the very nature of the other planes, if they matched the speed of the Night Witches, their planes would stall. Damn. Damn. So, like... German pilots had a hard time shooting them down because they couldn't match speed with them. That's awesome. To do that. To they like knock them out of the air. shooting them. Cuz I'm guessing yeah. like the German planes are going a lot faster. Yeah. Yeah, that's basically what I'm saying is like the German planes had no choice but to try and hit them while going as fast as they could because if they slowed down to try and hit the night witches, they their planes would, would stall. Yeah. But also, Megan, to your point uh, about, you know, military, you know, inclusion, this is also 1940s. I don't think rights for women in general are all that fucking great, never mind in the military. <laughs> well, I mean, there's that, but, like, even today you you hear about, like, hazing in the military. Or, like, even on sports teams, too, even though they're not really uh, equivocal. No, no. But, like... I will never understand, like, trying to be part of a club and, like, showing interest in something and then someone being like, well, you weren't here when I got here and you don't look the same as I do. Fuck off, I guess. It's just like, oh, I'll go fuck myself then. Like, especially in the military. Like, we're both going to be staring down a gun. Like, I leave mean, me like alone. This, yeah, that is, that is really kind of the strangest thing about it, right? Like, you all have the same enemy. And these these women who, I mean, I just mentioned how many trips they did and how badass they were and yeah. all this shit. And the men still looked at them like... They were garbage. Not quite. Yeah, yeah. it's just like, yeah. oh, well, you know, uh, I know that you've flown, like, a thousand missions. But, like, 
I don't really. It's you're important still like to a girl. note too that like most of these girls weren't like drafted into an army. They were volunteers. Oh yeah, they were like That's mostly the thing all volunteers. Too. Like I'm here of my own volition. It's not like they were taking other female pilots. They were literally teaching these girls how to fly obsolete planes with no parachutes, and these girls went fucking bonkers on some Germans. Hell yeah. yeah. They were just like, all right, bye, I'm going to go sour on some krauts. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and then someone, like, spray-painted that on the side of one of the defunct planes. Mm -hmm. Sour on some krauts. (laughs) Uh, also, uh, why did why did the Germans uh, know what flying brooms sounded like? This raises more questions about so that's the Germans. just what I found in my research. But realistically, it was mostly just like I I mean I don't know why they were called. It was they appeared out of the darkness and laid waste to things, and so people just equated them to witches. witches flying in on brooms. Yeah, but one of the one of the articles I read said that. Oh, this is from, like, the Wikipedia. An attack technique of the night bombers involved idling the engine near the target and gliding to the bomb release point. Uh, With only wind noise left to reveal their presence, German soldiers likened the sound to broomsticks. So, I mean, it really doesn't get any more involved than that. And, and like, witches come from, or there are witches in Germanic folklore. And yeah, for sure. Germanic. Okay. But these these are just women that show up out of the dark and they set fire to the front lines of so the German forces. Yes. What I was imagining when you first said uh like they they likened it to to just brooms in the air. I was picturing like at some point in these Germans lives like they had been throwing brooms through the air and they're like oh yes this reminds me of my childhood in the countryside of germany (laughs) when we used to have the yearly broom throwing competition the broom throw yeah there is a cheese wheeling cheese cheese wheel chase in england so fuck there's been weirder stuff okay oh no that's why that's why i'm i'm saying like maybe maybe who can say Maybe. Maybe we'll do a whole episode on weird traditions at one point. Yeah, Who we can could. say? Who's to say? Who's to say? So, I guess now's the time for my favorite noise in this entire podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so, today's Edgar Allan Poe's birthday. Yeah. Yeah. I think I can sum up my relationship with Edgar Allan Poe best, much in the same way that I was describing it to Zachary a few weeks ago when we were talking about Poe, just nonchalantly. Um, The first ever short story by Edgar Allan Poe that I ever read was A Cask of Amontillado. And I remember starting that story and not really knowing what the fuck was happening, and then I got to the end of that story and I was still a little confused uh and i was just like this guy's kind of fucked up and then i read more of his short stories and i was like oh no this guy was way fucked up yeah yeah and then as i detailed at the beginning of this podcast i know very little about dolly parton and for that i i i have failed yes so is cask of amontillado your would you say it's like your favorite poe story or do you have like another the thing is like it's my favorite because it's a slow build. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Like, it's one of the ones, because, I mean, Telltale Heart pretty much starts with a fucking murder. Yeah. <laughs> Coming in hard. But Cask of Amontillado is so well-crafted that, like, it's just two guys drinking wine in a basement, and then one of them gets drunk and gets boarded up behind a wall of brick forever. Just annihilated. And it's sort of like this slow build where you're like, what's going on yeah and it's so it's so genuinely it's just genuinely creepy to me that like these guys are just it's one of those situations where you don't know that someone has a problem with you until they decide to end your life and they do it in their basement and you're like you're certain no one will ever come looking for you down here no one will ever find you now 
Yeah, no, it's fucked up. It is fucked up. Um, what about you, Zach? I was about to ask what your favorite was. Um, I actually, as far as Poe goes, I rather enjoy his poetry over his short I stories. I do, too, um, honestly. I am a huge fan of his his short stories in the fact that, like, I am a huge... I love the horror genre, and that's something I've talked about before with both of you, uh, and I think his pioneering for the idea that uh, uh, and his ideas in horror were, were great, but I am a sucker for Annabelle Lee. Oh, Annabelle Lee is nice. Yeah, it's well, it's nice, but it's also really not nice. It's this story no, of but, longing yeah. and desperation, and at the end, you ultimately realize how empty and sad it is. And it's like, well, fuck, okay. And I appreciate yeah. that as just a reader and a writer, and, and as a fan of Poe is just like, well, I think it encapsulates a lot of who he was and his mindset that was not the, the, the gory horror or the scary horror aspect of him, the really the, the sad part about him. And I appreciate that. No, that's fair. And Annabelle Lee too, like reads sort of like a nursery rhyme or just a song. Yeah. And I think that's well. maybe what makes like why I like it. Cause it's not even like, it is a great poem and, and it's, it's poetic, rhyme and scheme but it's also like the way it reads is so easy and you're just like get into it and i think because again it also is this the sea is this whole element within the poem it kind of feels like that it's just wave after wave and you get lulled into this false sense of security and then you're like wait what the fuck (laughs) you're like excuse me excuse me excuse me Uh, but what about you what's your favorite poe piece uh probably the bells Ooh, the bells is good and I will say the bells because when I first read it, it had the word tintabulation. In it. <laughs> and when I first read that word, my mind was blown. I was like, oh my God, what a stellar word. Hey, so Megan, most of our viewers will probably know what that big word that you just said is. But for those of them that don't, do you want to know it's tintabulation? Just... <clears throat> tintabulation, a ringing or tinkling sound. Ooh. Awesome. Hey, so just another uh, just another point. The viewers that I was talking about no, that I, don't know that word, that, that was me. But uh, turning, me. turning yeah. uh, away from Poe really quick, I do want to shout out to Dolly Parton because I it was like a few months ago um, where I was having a conversation about her. And I think at least up until recently, Dolly Parton has had a reputation of sort of being like a bit of a bimbo at least that was what you know public culture was sort of well calling her you know what the interesting thing about dolly parton is is i think that to some degree she did her best to emulate that as well to kind of keep people off her back Dolly Parton has a lot of really interesting stories and I think I think I'm gonna have to bring some Dolly Dolly business up in here uh, on one of these episodes because her whole everything is also phenomenal honestly yeah we can we can save a bunch of Dolly Parton's like very charitable work like she's I know that we we joke a lot about like God's plan God's work but like She's definitely doing it with all of her <laughs> charity and her yeah. humanitarian work. I mean, she's doing more than the government has over the past four years. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, no, I get what amazing. you're saying, where it's like, all right, we, ha- we had a very particular image of Dolly Parton in our minds as a, a cultural zeitgeist. But I think that, yeah, seeing all the, the phenomenal work that she does is, it warms my yeah, heart. Also, warms my cold she has her whole whole theme park yes i want a whole theme park i want to go i want to have i want to have like enough like creative work to my (laughs) name that like a whole theme park can be like (laughs) just dedicated well we saw how well that worked out for michael jackson so you just kind of you have to make sure that you uh it's a fine line, and you have to tiptoe. That's all I'm just. Well, you just all I'm saying is, be careful what you wish for. Yes, oh, is I think on everything in life, saying. you want to fall on the Dolly Parton end of it. Yeah, like that. That's all. As we end tonight, we just want to say, if you're gonna have a theme park dedicated to yourself, please fall on the Dolly Parton end of it. <laughs> 
be more in life, like Dolly really, Parton. Be more like Dolly Parton. Uh, all right. Now, I appreciate that we have gone through it. I'm glad we got that to go back and talk about the, the Todays in History. Because, I don't know, both of these people are fantastic in my opinion. Um, yeah, definitely. So, I think... If you, do you have anything else? Sorry. I don't have any questions. I was about to say, do you have any questions? Because I'm, I'm good. Well, I have. I know that Matt has one more question. Yeah, Kevin just handed me a stack of papers, so let me find it real quick. Um, Hang on, sorry. Kevin, honestly, you couldn't have put the paper that I needed at the top? Oh, here it is. What the fuck, history? you hear from the triumvirate productions and what the fuck history we encourage you to tell a friend we don't pay for any ads so the best way to get us out there is to talk to other people about us you can find us on facebook at the triumvirate productions on twitter at triumvirate underscore pod and on instagram at the underscore triumvirate underscore productions here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. 